Hi, I'm Lindsay Boomershine, brand manager of High Five Gear. H5G has thousands of designs to choose from and no hidden artwork fees. How awesome is that? Have your jersey tell your story. Order online at www.high5gear.com today. Add H5G into your wardrobe and show off your individuality. Use code ABOVE180 at checkout for $20 off any H5G style. Order today and enjoy high5gear.com. Hey, bowlers, bowling this month is back. Bowling this month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at bowlingthismonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling This Month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. Hi, this is Norm Duke. You're listening to Above180.com with Tim Berg. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining me today on the Above180.com podcast is Danny Wiseman. Danny has 12 PBA titles, including one major, the 2012 USBC Masters held at Miller Park in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Danny was elected to the PBA Hall of Fame back in 2013 and is ranked 42nd on the list of top 50 greatest PBA players in history. Danny, it's Tim Berg here. Thank you for joining me today. It's great to be here. It's been a long time since uh, we have uh, chatted on your uh, podcast and uh, just looking forward to some of the interesting questions. Yeah, well, so let's begin. First off, I I had a chance. I I was watching Flow Bowling and I saw you were you competed up in Delaware last week in the the (laughs) tournament. And and I I would love to hear your thoughts. What what was it like to get back out there and compete on the on the national level with uh, with the young guns? Yeah, that's exactly the, the, the issue. I'm not young anymore, and it's a different world. Um, <laughs> um, now, I, I have bowled a few regionals. I bowled York, probably had the best, or, or best, the worst regional I've ever had in my career. Um, I, I just don't practice anymore, and, and I'm not in bowling shape. And, um, you know, as far as Delaware goes, it, it was it was really, yeah, I bowled okay. You know, I made, I think I missed two spares in seven games. Um, just couldn't strike enough. Uh, it's just a different game. I, I mean, I, I watched EJ shoot like 830 to back three uh, in qualifying and throwing it over the left gutter, which, you know, they were doing that back in the day when I was finishing up on my tour days. But it's just different now. Um, and, and, of course, father time. You know, I can't do the things that I used to do, you know, 20 years ago. But, um yeah, it was it was fun to watch. I, I crossed with Jason Sterner, and and I hadn't seen him bowl for a while, and he's really worked on his game and throwing it ungodly. I mean, it was it was really cool to watch. You know, a guy that's in his prime, you know, early thirties, um, how how good he has gotten uh, since he first started when I was finishing up back in um, you know ten twelve years ago. Um, really neat. Yeah, talk about a guy who's constantly working on his games, and you yeah. see him posting videos and such. So he's always mm-hmm. out there practicing is there a guy out on tour who you think wow this would this is a this is a young Danny Wiseman this is what I had when I was out there in my prime well I mean I kind of when I saw the Masters when uh, Andrew Anderson won that I was like you know 
if I was a contemporary player today, that would be probably how I threw it because he's got the open hand. Um, you know, it swings a lot steeper than mine used to be, but um, the rhythm, the the cadence, everything. I mean, and and he's got. A, and I've spoken to him uh, actually at the York Bowling uh, uh, Bowler Supply Trade Show, uh, and and I spoke in depth with him about a few things. And actually, he told me he says he learned how to open his hand up by watching my old videos. So I felt really, you know, that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, what a game he has. Um, and he's going to be around a long time. Um, very smart young man and, and very talented. So when you watch those players out there and, and I'd probably say Andrew's rev rate is maybe 475 ish, if I'm, if I'm guessing right. Yeah, thereabouts. I, I don't know that. I mean, it's, it's a lot more than what mine ever was. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, but I guess that this leads to my question of, is there, is there still, is there still room for a guy would say a 350 or even a, a low 400 rev rate on tour? When you see guys like Belmo out there on the right side and on the left side, uh, you know, a uh, uh, Jacob Buttruff. Yeah. You know, back, I'll bring this point up. When I first saw it, when Belmo first came out, um, I think it was in Indianapolis. Um, we crossed together, and he was, again, you know, it was later in the block. Uh, at that time, we were not exposed to uh, video on our phones. And uh, it was like the 10th frame of the last game of qualifying. He's like 580,000 over, and I'm, like, struggling, you know. And uh, it was probably 2008-ish. And um, I saw him throwing it over the left gutter cap going from like 27 to about six, seven down the lane and going sideways. And I went, if this is what it's coming to, there's no way I can physically do this. And that was 10 years ago. Um, you know, it's just, it's just the, the transition nowadays, uh, even, you know, from the stuff that I see bowling locally, it's just a lot different. It's just, you know, the environment's changed, the environment uh, with the ball and balls, lane conditions, all that stuff. It's just evolution. And um, it's it's just the way that it is. But, um, yeah, it's interesting to watch these young guys, how they attack the lanes and how they make their moves. And I was talking to Jason Sterner about some of it. You know, and, and I'm kind of, you know, I understand it and I, and, I, and I get what they do. It's just physically I can't do it as, as well as I used to. But I, I see what they do. You know, I work with a lot of younger players and, and, you know, I know how they do it and I'm able to help them with today's contemporary game because I'm always studying it. Danny, how much of that goes back to the patterns that are laid down that force, you know, that you mentioned the equipment and the equipment, you know, eats up the, the patterns a little bit more. So you're forced to keep moving left and left and left where I talk to lane men and I'm sure you do as well. Well, if, very easy way to stop lofting. <laughs> you know, it's, it's how you apply the conditioner on the lane and how you how you oil, the you know, put the patterns down. Yeah, there's so many variables, though, Tim. I mean, it's you know, it's nothing new. Um, you know, I, you could go back. I watched some of my shows. Um, I think it was in uh, Chicago in 2001. I was, I was fifth arrow on TV and I started out right of 20. So it's just, again, it's evolution. You know, the bowling balls are going to tear the lane, you know, the conditions up, the rev rates today are so much higher, especially in the past 15 years. And it's, it's just an ongoing process of, you know, who's going to stay ahead of who manufacturers and, and, and lane oils. And it's just, um, you know, when I first started, I believe Lenny Nicholson told me he used to use maybe a quarter of a thimble full of oil per lane. You know, you know, you look at these patterns now, they're running 25, 28, 30 mils plus per lane. So, um, you know, it's just uh, what, what, how it can be stopped. I don't know. I still think, I mean, personally, in my opinion, you raise the weight of the pins, um, you know, to four, two, four, three, 
and and uh, take the double voids out. That's been an ongoing thing for for decades, uh, going back to. Um, you know, 40, 50 years ago with the double voids. I know um, one of the other things that came out of that tournament in, in Delaware was Anthony Simonson and how he competed, you know, switching to a, a two-handed backup ball on the left side. What um, What is your thought on that? That seems to be, you know, the, the, the talk this whole week in the bowling world is, did you see what Anthony Simonson was able to do and how he won that event? I've seen it before um, with other players, not necessarily winning, but, you know, when you're a top player in the world, as Anthony has become, you do what is necessary to win. That is the ultimate goal is to win. And, um, you know, I applaud him for doing that, for, for taking that chance, which is another thing that you have to do. You cannot be afraid. Um, fear is failure. And uh, what he did was, um, you know, he won. And that that's the ultimate goal. And, um, you know, um, it, it was interesting to watch. Um, and, and um, you know, why not? You know, it's no different than, you know, someone hooking the whole lane all of a sudden, taking their hand out of it and throwing it up, you know, one, two, three. I've seen that, you know, in years past. Throwing a backup ball is just another way. Your goal is to knock 10 pins down, however you do it, you know, better than your opponent. That's that's the ultimate goal, to win. Danny Wiseman here on the Above180.com podcast. Danny, one of the things you do back there in the in the Baltimore, D.C. area is uh, you run some scholarship events and tournaments to to help out youth and to help, you know, help, number one, gain, you know, help them put some money in their pocket for college, but then also gain some experience on bowling on some more challenging patterns. So talk about your scholarship events and, and how that started and, you, you know, your initial goals to where you are now with those. Yeah, well, it started um, this well seven years ago. This is the seventh year. And, uh, the last couple of years, it's just exploded. Um, I get a lot of local support from companies, uh, all the manufacturers I reach out to for, for, um, donating product for the, uh, the chance auction that I run, um, for the two day event, uh, the PJBT bowling, um, group, it's PJBT bowling series.com, uh, Matt and his crew, they helped me tremendously help me with the entry so I can focus on the sponsorship side of it um and and they also come down for the weekend they've got 20 years of experience and i run my scholarship funds through his maps program which is also listed on on his website i mean they've been doing this stuff for 20 years and they are so um you know in tune to how to run a tournament i could never do it without them um but my 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 biggest thing is my um presenting sponsor cherish contractors llc uh they're on my facebook page and i've got a group page um you know, for, for information on them. Uh, Dave uh, Wandell has been a tremendous supporter uh, of, of this event and my efforts, uh, as well as all the other sponsors. I mean, I, I get, you know, like I said, a lot of pro shops, a lot of local companies, a lot of folks that I know. I, I actually reach out to my investment guys. They help out um, just everyone, you know, it's just, they know what I'm doing. You know, I work four months out of the year for zero everything goes back to the kids and that's what it's all about. Um, you know, I never had the opportunity to, in my day to go to, um, tournaments for scholarship money. It was trophies. And this is just one way in my area, um, to, to give back. And, uh, it's one a year, one time a year. And, you know, last year the kids bowled for it was over 28,000 with what the PJBT does with the brackets and side pots that goes into their scholarship funds. Um, it was over 31,000, I believe last year, in the last couple of years, it's been in that range, 25 to 30,000. So, um, you know, a couple of the kids that have won it, uh, Tom Hankey, uh, last year, he's, he's now down in Florida 
um, bowling for college. Uh, he, he, it was like two grand for first, and I pay it's a little under one in three, which is, you know, usually tournaments are one in four, one in six. I try to spread it out because I'm able to because of the amount of funds that, that uh, come in through the sponsorships. And when you when you're watching that event, Danny, what's going through your mind? I mean, we hear we see Junior Goal, the great event that took place not too long ago. We have, like you said, the PJBTs. There's uh, JBTs out here on the West Coast and all sorts of stuff. Any uh, any any coast, yeah. So it seems like um, sometimes I, I feel like as as bowlers and what you hear in the industry is people focusing on the negative when there's all that positive of those youth tournaments that um, yeah. that people should really be focusing on and and um, and praising and, and helping build up yeah and and i think that you know that is that is absolutely spot on tim um you know there's so much going on now with youth bowling throughout the country throughout the world uh but in our country you know there's so many organizations that have been around that that are that are doing things for the kids great things for the kids um to promote their education because we know in this world you know i have a high school education you've got to have some kind of college degree in today's world um to survive uh, down down the road, but bowling's always going to be there. But with these kids now, you know the college programs are just incredible. Um, you know I watch it all the time on TV. I watch all the shows, and and at my tournament I see these kids progress. You know I watched a couple of them who have you know gone through the you know from from 14, 15, 16 years old. Now they're in college, and and they bowled my event four or five years ago, and you watch their progression, and it's just incredible how good they are and how much they work at it. But the thing they now have to look forward to is there's a ladies tour and the men's tour is, is hopefully going to be, um, they're going to be able to bowl a tour where there's viable amounts of money, you know, with what happened with the Fox sports deal. I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I pray that it works because there's so many talented young bowlers that need an avenue to progress into the professional ranks. Like I was able to do in many other um you know pros that are my age uh we had an opportunity and that opportunity hopefully will progress to where you know there's something there for these kids to make a living at Um, and i was fortunate to be able to do it when i did it danny wiseman here on the above 180.com podcast so danny you you talk about that starting you know pretty much uh, beginning of next year it's going to be almost uh, like a tour that you went out on and bowled quite a bit where you're bowling week to week stop to stop what um, are your plans or what are your thoughts? Are you going to get yourself in bowling shape to head out to some of those events or what, uh, what's in future for uh, what's the future hold for Danny Wiseman? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, people ask me all the time, how come you're not bowling a senior tour? You know, I bowled, I, I subbed in the league for a buddy of mine who actually um, a good friend of mine. He just passed away um, last week. And, uh, you know, I bowled 80 some games for Tom Wheeler last year while he was fighting, fighting um, cancer. And, um, you know, it was uh, it was fun to bowl leagues, see buddies that I haven't seen for a while, you know, and I averaged 246.8. You know, bowling three games a week, plus I practice a little bit on Wednesdays. Um, and people are always saying, why don't you go on the senior tour? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Well, I mean, honestly, you know, to compete against the guys I bowled against in the 90s that have continued to bowl when I really haven't the past six, eight years with life, you know, that has presented itself with, many, many different things, um, especially with my mom and her being sick and losing her and, and whatnot, you know, life changed. Um, so bowling hasn't been my priority other than my youth scholarship tournament, you know, when that comes around. Um, and I, I just feel like I can't compete with those guys. Um, 
and and of course the the money issue. You know, the expenses are way 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 more than what they used to be when I was on tour. Um, and not saying that I would not want to win a PBA 50 title or a PBA 50 regional just to have that on the on the resume. Sure. Um, it's just rededicating myself. I mean, if something comes up, you know, to where um, I'm able to practice more, and that's been the issue. You know, I had the wrist surgery two, three years ago, and I've had some issues with my right shoulder wearing out. My, my wrist surgeon said, you know, it's bone to bone. So I've had some issues with that. I really haven't said anything about that to anyone um, other than a few people. But um, that, that's, that's becoming an issue. And I, and I don't know how much I have as far as limited time of throwing a bowling ball. So, you know, I, I either gotta, you know, I gotta get off the pot here and figure it out. You know, I'd like to bowl some more. Um, I love the competing. I miss the competing and I miss, I, I honestly, I miss the TV stuff. <laughs> that was something that I loved. <laughs> yeah. You could, you could always see when, when you were on TV, you took it up a notch. That would, that was certainly uh, something that was evident. Yeah. And it was funny cause this year, you know, Michael Hoggan Jr. Was a PBA 50 mm-hmm. player of the year and he just, uh, you know, a, a young buck out there like yourself. He's 50, you know, 51 yeah. years old. Um, and, yeah. uh, and someone who, like you said, he's out there bowling with the guys and, and, um, and having fun as well. But it's, it's funny. You talk to those guys and you cover them and, and it's, it is, it's like the old tour again. You got Pete Weber, Walter yeah. Ray, you know, Parker Bowen, the third, Norm, uh, Norm yeah, Duke. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it's, yeah. uh, for those guys, it's funny. They, you know, they bowl their eight game block or seven game block, and then they go play around the golf every day. So it's uh, kind of a, a sweet little gig, I guess, if you're bowling well. So, right, right. I mean, if you're able to do that, and and, and it's not saying that I couldn't do that because it's not a, it's really not about the money issue. It's just about the, you know, the fact that I'm not prepared, and I know what it takes to be prepared to beat the best in the world, whether it's senior or the kids, and you know, I just. I can't practice like I used to. I can't get sharp and, and, um, you know, and I hate that word can't because I always could. It's just, again, you know, I'll be 51 next month. You know, there's a reality check. You know, I, I always said I didn't want to be out on tour when I was 40. And unfortunately with the circumstances, my mom back in 09 with the aneurysm, you know, that kind of, you know, that changed the whole world there. So, um, you know, you put things in perspective and, you know, I miss bowling. I miss the, you know, competing. I miss, you know, the, the many things involved in, it. I miss the friendships. I miss the guys. I, you know, I don't miss the traveling. I will say that. Um, but, um, you know, life changes and, and that's just part of the deal. Now I'm content at, at where I'm at in my life. And, and, um, you know, I like giving back to the kids. I like, you know, working for myself doing this with the, you know, going out and, all the follow-ups, the emails, the sponsors, and everything that I have to do for three, four months leading up to my t- kids' tournament. And it's, it's just it's satisfying when I see all these people come down from eight surrounding states, and I see these kids bowling, and I see what they're you know, going through, and I love watching the talent you know, that's, that's out there. And, and that's what it's about for me now. Quickly, before we go, I also want to remind folks, please check out h5gbrands.com, another fine sponsor here of the Above180.com podcast doing a great job over there. You're looking for a shirt that can help you show your individuality. Very easy way to do it. Thousands of designs you can choose from. Design your own shirt. Also, 
something you're interested in, check out on their website, h5gbrands.com. It's called your Leap Program. This is a cool way for your you to earn shirts with your league in conjunction with your league through your bowling center. So check out all the information. It's the Leap Program. It's just under the bowling tab. It's right there. Very simple. Check that out. Very cool way to get a couple shirts from H5G Brands, design your own shirts, all of that great stuff. Again, you can check all that out at h5gbrands.com. Also, don't forget, if you're looking to uh, kick things up a notch, please remember to check out bowlingthismonth.com, bowling's best and most comprehensive technical resource all at your fingertips. Seen the ball reviews down your left-hand side. You're looking for that new rock this fall for league that's coming up, many leagues getting started this week, next week, etc. Check all that stuff out there. Coaching tips, all sorts of great stuff. Featured bowling tip article, all sorts of articles for you to improve your game, help you improve things. Lots of great stuff to help your mind, help your body, and help you stay in shape. Again, check all that out at bowlingthismonth.com. Danny, final couple questions I have for you would be, um, I guess, when it uh, when you're watching, like you said, you bowl uh, just uh, your regular league out there. And uh, what what's one thing you see or what, what maybe can you, a little bit of advice could you maybe give an amateur player out there who's just, you know, maybe they bowl six games a week. Maybe they want to, you know, com- compete a little bit, but not not go to that that next level, you could say. Uh, is there something that you see as kind of a common thread amongst, uh, you know, just your, your typical league players and and people that uh, really need to work on their game? Yeah, there's one word it's called spares. <laughs> it is just it is unbelievable how how uh, you know watching people shoot spares, watching people how they you know curving the ball at spares and missing them, and it's just you know because they don't practice, and I get it. You know, I mean, you know, the best players in the world that I uh, bowled against, everyone went straight at just about everything, took the lane out of play, just simplified things, and and you know today they you know with that lack of practice. You know, even the ones that do practice, you know, it's like you, you wonder, how, how do you know what the lane's doing there when you're throwing the ball and it's part of the lane that you don't know what's there and you're guessing trying to shoot, you know, a seven pin or a four seven. How, 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 do, you, how do you do it? If you go straight at it, you take the whole entire lane out of play. And, you know, I bowled with a, a kid this week. Um, you know, he was, I don't know, 30 or 40 under, 50 under, I don't know. His ball reaction was unbelievable out the gate. And, and I couldn't, you know, I couldn't do what he was doing, but he's missing spares left and right. We got tongue. I talked to him and I said, look, here's the deal. I said, you would have, you would have made the finals. You make spares. But I missed two. I missed two combo spares. And it cost me. I missed the, the, the first cut by, by 10 pins. But again, I didn't strike. But this young man, I, I sat him down and I, and I, and I told him the spare system that I learned 30 some odd years ago based on straight lines. And, and I told him how it worked. And, and I said, just go work on it, man. He didn't even have a spare ball. And I'm thinking, geez, how do you do that? You know, I mean, it just, you, you have to have that unless you can dead throw it end over end like Norm does. You have to have it. So, you know, hopefully it helps. And hopefully this kid will start making the finals. And, you know, and, and that's, that's part of the giving back, you know. Um, you know, I'm not worried about him beating me or, or any of that. It's just, it's just giving back. Well, and, and you say, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy when you put it in perspective like that. The guy, you know, someone will, will spend all that money to shoe up on the PBA Tour and then probably have eight regular balls or 12, you know, whatever regular balls they have for their for their first shot, but but can't have that plastic ball in their bag to help them with spares and um, and just go straight straight at them, like you said. Um, yeah, so. right. and it's like, you know, it's the same thing with the league bowlers, you know. That's, that's one of the things I emphasize on. You know, they don't bowl a lot. And getting back to your original question, you know, they, they'll ask me about lane conditions and patterns and this and that and everything. And, and like I tell them, 
you know, the same people that say, how come you don't bowl the senior tour? How come you don't bowl, you know, you know, you're obviously 240. I said, look, uh, you know, and I put it in perspective to him. I said, I practice maybe once, maybe twice a week, a little bit, five, six games, nothing like I used to. I used to bowl 20 games a day. You know, I bowl this league. I bring in different balls every week just to, to make it kind of fun. And, uh, you know, I made, I made, you know, four or five, six crisp shots in three games. I should sub 50 or whatever it may be. And they look at me and I go, yeah, back in the day, if I made four or five bad shots in a six or eight game block, that was a lot. Think about that. And they look at me and go, oh. And I said, that's why I'm not competing out there because I'm nowhere near what I was 15, 20 years ago. It's reality. It's a perspective. I said, you know, but so, so when you're bowling on these league patterns and you're averaging 220, that's, that's not the reality of it. The reality of it is on a legit condition, you're, you're 180 maybe, you know, and, and they, you know, they kind of, they understand it to a degree that so you want to go work on it and you want to go practice, you want to make spares. Yeah. Then you become a legitimate 210, 215, 220 bowler. So I, I, I never averaged 225, never averaged 240 on tour for a season, you know, for some tournaments, but you have to put things in perspective. Everything's relative. And, and it just, it's eye opening to be able to, to relate back to the, the, the folks bowling leagues in, in, in my perspective of what I've seen, you know, to make them see how different the world was that I lived in, in the bowling world, you know, on the PBA tour compared to what they have bowled on. And, and you know, they, I enjoy that and they, and they love it, you know, to get a different perspective. Well, and you talk about them practicing. So then if someone does go out and practice, it's, it's the right way to practice. It's not just, practicing your three or six games and and taking your normal strike shot and just shooting 700 and not having to shoot any spares it's trying different things it's it's working on spares it's it's just shooting spares right well i mean it goes back to what we talked about with anthony you know being versatile how do you become versatile you have to work at it you have to work on these different things and you know different tricks as i used to call them different you know things that you can do to get to the whatever the lane's telling you to do you body your body has to be able to do that to see it you know to get to it and if you're not sharp or practiced or don't understand it, you got no chance. You know, these guys are the best in the world. They see it and they do it. And it's, it's amazing, you know, and um, you know, I can relate to that back in my day and as well as many other players, just that's part of, of, of putting the whole entire puzzle together. Well, and how many, um, how many amateur players and I, catch myself i'm working out of this habit but it's a, oh i just threw that one bad i just rolled it bad no the lane's telling you something different something uh, you know something else is out there that you need to make that adjustment on whereas the pros the good ones catch that right away no i threw it pretty much the same i might know if you don't hit it on the bottom as hard or something or or as much but the, the you guys you guys are uh, you know the, the best in the world know that no that's the lane telling me i need to make a move a, a zone move or make a change here yeah and here's another thing too on the, on that on that uh idea there they the the best in the world they will make adjustments off of bad shots because they know how different that bad shot was compared to a good shot and when the lane does something off of that bad shot that they weren't expecting they can relate to that make a move then make a better shot and they're already in the right spot you know that's what i was talking to jason sterner about this weekend you know i mean i always made moves off of bad shots cuz i was i was so sharp i knew how bad and the difference was in the feel from a perfect shot or you know no such word as perfect but one of my you know better shots and make a move off of it and that's something that you only know that by feeling by practicing um and that's that's something that's that makes the the best in the world special because they're able to do that 
making moves off of bad shots? Yeah. <laughs> well, Danny, I, I thoroughly enjoyed our time together. This is great catching up. Uh, again, Danny Wiseman. Danny, where should people go if they're interested in uh, learning more information regarding your scholarship events? Well, I've got um, uh, dannywisemanbowling.com. Uh, my webmaster has just updated that uh, site, and I'm still learning it. I've got stuff I've got to add on that, but there are some links on there to the uh, to the entry information page. Um, and also for the event, the uh, it's pjbtbowlingseries.com. Uh, there's information um, on their page. I also have a Facebook fan page if you um, – search Danny Wiseman bowling fan page. Uh, there's information there. And there's also a group page for Danny Wiseman youth scholarship tournament on Facebook. Um, so it's out there. You can Google it. I mean, it'll come up. It's, it's, uh, I, I try to keep myself out there as much as possible, not being really a, a relevant player, but you know, on tour, but as far as someone who, you know, I just like to stay out there, you know, so people have an idea of what's going on. Well, great stuff, Danny Wiseman. All the best of luck with the tournament, and we'll catch up down the road. All right, Tim. Thank you. I appreciate it. Above 180. Appreciate it. Take care. Thank you.